What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. With one week until the 2022 NBA draft, the NBA champion is crowned. Golden State Warriors have won their fourth title in the last nine seasons, and we turn our attention to the draft. This is uh, for the first time in quite a long time. It's the most exciting moment of any Pacers fans year. We're going to discuss the current versions of mock drafts. Last time we spoke to you, Dyson Daniels was the pick at six through ESPN. So we've talked about that. Um, Doesn't seem like we have a consensus uh, at this point of who we're going to pick, where we're going to pick. We could be trading up. There's a lot of talk about that as well. Um, and to start off, there was a tweet that we sent out yesterday around a Jaden Ivey quote from an interview earlier in the week. And Justin, I'm going to start with you. Jaden Ivey, it seems, is not just not opposed to going to the paces, but it seems like if he had a choice, the paces might be his top selection for the team to draft him. Yeah, it is an exciting time. You mentioned Golden State Warriors won it all in game six today. And, well, this is kind of a game seven for the Pacers, the NBA draft next week, isn't it? So we've all been waiting for this all year. And, yeah, Jaden Ivey, massive. I, I'm all in on him. Listeners of the podcast would know that. Um, obviously, the tweet from the Pacers account got a lot of traction when I found that article quote of him saying he wants to come to Indiana. You know, his mum played for the Fever. It's home for him. And... You know, I could go on a rant for minutes and minutes. We, we got to do everything to get this guy. I don't care what kind of the price is within reason. We've got a player who's within the top four or five draftees saying, I want to play for Indiana. When have we, A, ever had that, Alex, or B, are we ever going to get that again? We, we have to go all in for this guy, like no matter what, right? That's why I tweeted out. I said... There should not be a single person who complains if they see a tweet from Woj saying we've given up, you know, multiple assets to go get this guy. I know it's just two spots in a draft, but I think we're, we're all pretty consensus that this is a four-player draft. Ivy's at that four spot right now. Um, and, and, yeah, like, we're all in agreement. Adam, I'll throw it to you. But, I mean, Jade and Ivy, you get a chance with, with him and Halliburton, both young both at the start of their contracts on rookie deals. Adam, I know you're big on that one. Uh, and you get a chance to lock him in as your backcourt for, for seven to 10 years. Uh, I, I cannot agree. Like, I cannot agree with you more. Just, I like, there is no overpay to me. I'm fine giving up just about anything. Throw him the whole treasure chest. Uh, I'm fine with anything. I got a text today from a good friend of mine saying, Hey, I just saw a random tweet and I wanted your view on it. Would you trade six and Duarte for four? And I immediately replied with yes. I'll trade anyone except for Tyrese Halliburton and six for four. Anyone on our roster at this point. Because if it's yep. a matter of getting Jaden Ivey, then sorry, we, we've kind of got to do whatever we, we possibly can without compromising our future. But right now our roster doesn't have, you know, multiple future all-stars uh, or players that have shown themselves to be future all-stars on it, aside from Tyrese Halliburton. Other players have shown flashes and shown the ability to be knocking on the door of an all-star berth. But 
I mean, Justin, I don't know if you disagree, but I think Tyrese is the only untouchable when you're talking about trading six and a player to try and get into that four spot. Yeah, I, I do agree. And it's funny you mentioned that, Adam, because I've always got this weird thing and it might mean nothing. It might just be a superstitious thing, but I'm always kind of big on who the Pacers media account and social media account tweet out with photos and players. Like You see that thing with Lakers and LeBron. You know, he's never tweeted out a photo of LeBron in a loss. If any of the fans noticed, Pacers had their season kind of... Yes, right, I saw this. Today. I was hoping you would bring this up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on to it. Do you know what three players did they have? They had Halliburton in the middle, Duarte on the left, I think, and Jackson. Isaiah Jackson on the right. Yep. Now, you can't tell me this. That's a certain message saying that's our future. There was no Malcolm Brogdon. There was no, no Miles Turner. Turner. So I also feel like a lot of the Pacer players who are staying in Indiana, you see Halliburton, um, TJ McConnell and Duarte and Jackson, they're all training together in the offseason. I don't think any of them are going to be traded. Look, I'm, you know, there could be a deal come up and I'm wrong. You know, we can't say no to it. Duarte to move down to the fourth pick, you have to do it. But yeah, Adam, I don't know. Like, does that mean something or I'm an idiot? No, you're not. You're absolutely not. I think we see it all the time with who social media accounts, who marketing machines are linked to. And Alex, I mean, you're a graphic designer. You know that these sorts of briefs will come from higher up in a team and it will be based on who they want to hitch their wagon to, who they want to sell season tickets through. And until such time as we have a draftee with a hat on and with a jersey on and in a press conference to kind of market behind, we've got Tyrese, of course, but the fact that Brogdon and Turner were absent from that tweet to me, that means something. Well, it kind of segues into the rumors we've been hearing, doesn't it, right? Yeah. I mean, those are the two guys who have been actively shopped. Well, at least that's what we're hearing. The Wizards today came out as a team apparently interested in Brogdon. I think the Knicks make a lot of sense. Um, for like the fifth year in a row, the Hornets apparently want Miles, which is the worst kept secret ever. Um, but but I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Justin, because I feel like we got to talk about the Christian Wood deal a little bit. Yeah, uh, I know Wood, Wood and Miles, obviously very different players. Miles more defensive guy, Wood on offense. But they only got the, what was it, the 26? Yeah. And some throwaway salaries. So I don't know. Does that does that concern you at all? What, what do you think we can get? Can we get the 13th pick from Hornets? Or is that even enough to, to get for Miles? Yeah, it, it did concern me. I think Dallas got a steal there. I actually do rate Christian Wood. There's a lot of people that say, you know, he can't do this, can't do that, but he can put up some monster games. I think against our very own paces, I think he scored 35 or something like that. You've been a box score bandit there, Justin? You've been a little <laughs> bit of a box score bandit? Hey, I watched the game. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I, yeah, I feel like Dallas got a steal. I feel like Dallas definitely would have touched base with Indiana for Miles Turner. He's from Texas. We all yeah. know that. They were trying to get Christian Wood. It means they tried to get Miles Turner which again, uh, kudos to Kevin Pritchard and, and the Pacers organization. If they said, no, nah, that, that is not enough for Miles Turner. Um, hopefully we can get better for him draft night if we do decide to trade him. But yeah, it is a little concerning. I feel like for me to move up in the draft, Adam, you mentioned, you know, you'd trade anyone on the roster apart from Halliburton. I feel like a Brogdon 31 and next year's Cavs pick can 
even if that's not directly for the fourth pick, because Kings might not want Brogdon, but that could get you a solid piece, a solid player or future draft picks where then you could trade for the Sacramento fourth. Surely Brogdon and basically two first round picks is enough, right? You got to get creative. And I think the Cavs pick next year is a definite throw in. Um, I think if you can get a second lottery pick for Brogdon or Turner, then you do it. And you have to try and throw those pieces together for the fourth pick. The other thing is, there are four or five teams trying to get that fourth pick off Sacramento. We're about to enter a week of a bidding war right now with the Knicks, with the Wizards, with potentially other teams that have been linked to Jaden Ivey. So you're going to have to try and get that second lottery pick off the Knicks for Brogdon and 31 and the Cavs pick and kind of throw in two top 10 picks to move up. Because, Alex, at this point, the Kings could be offered several assets by some of those teams to try and get into the fourth pick. Let's not forget Detroit either. Detroit might try and throw a fourth pick and then a heavily protected pick next season. And they've got guys like Sadiq Bay that I'm not sure that they're fully sold on to, you know, build around for the next five to 10 years that the Kings might find super enticing to move up one slot might be a premium that they have to pay. But if you're in a bidding war, you kind of have to pay what everyone else is willing to pay. Yeah, it's the, uh, the one time I'm actually like pretty sure the Kings won't get fleeced in a deal. I think it's it's about impossible to get fleeced out of this fourth pick. Um, I will say, though, I think the Pacers realistically have one of the best offers, right? Like if you're the Kings, firstly, you're only moving back two spots. Mm-hmm. So I think your guy's still going to be there at six. Um, and then as Justin said, you know, you have the Cavs pick next year. I think Brogdon, like, uh, am I wrong? Like, I think Brogdon kind of makes sense with Sacramento. I know he's not like the flashiest player, but he already has chemistry with Domas. I mean, you know, he brings some defense and spacing there. He misses like 30 games a year, which is the one thing with Brogdon. But am I wrong in thinking he actually makes sense on that Kings team? The concern I would have with Brogdon on the Kings or the concern I would have in Brogdon in the Kings wanting Brogdon is Brogdon is a slower guy and Fox is known as one of the quicker guys in the league end to end. So do they want De'Aaron Fox's running mate to be another athletic guy or do they want to go after an athletic guy to pair with him on the break because that's certainly not Domas. Domas can move the ball quickly but he's not a quick mover so they're going to need some sort of running mate with Fox to to run the break and potentially a backcourt mate but I mean I think Brogdon would fit on a number of different teams the Knicks he's been linked to quite a bit Justin I, I feel like you'd almost be willing to eat Fournier's next three years of his contract if it got you, I think they own, what, the ninth or 10th pick in this draft? I mean, if that gets you up into Ivy and you just trade six and nine or six and 10, whatever that Knicks pick is uh, for four and you eat Fournier, you're paying Jaden Ivy, you know, stuff or money for the next four years anyway. So who cares? Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. I, I'm just really... I question what Malcolm Brogdon's actual trade value is. I don't know what GMs around the league are thinking of Brogdon. Are they looking at injury prone, which I'd say they are, or are they yep. looking at the rookie of the year? Um, I wouldn't trust Brogdon, you know, if I was on another team. He's a good player, but you just can't trust his consistency. You mentioned New York, good fit, yes. People mentioned Washington because I think he's from there. Um, and... I've, I said on our last podcast, I think New Orleans Pelicans, that's the perfect fit for him. New Orleans yeah. need a point guard. 
New Orleans have that um, early draft pick, I think pick eight or 10 or something. Um, Big eight. So that'll work perfectly. And just go back on what you were saying there, Adam, and I know we're on Sacramento Kings podcast, but just want to touch on them seeing as Pacers and Sacramento have so much beef on Twitter and we're kind of in line with them from the Domas and Halliburton trade is maybe I'll throw this one to you, Alex. Sacramento is in such a hard spot with that fourth pick because they got people wanting to trade down for Ivy. Ivy has come out and said he doesn't want to play for Sacramento and you've just traded away a similar player in Halliburton to the paces, like an explosive point guard. I mean, what they, they actually can't take Ivy, right, Alex? Like they, they can't really select him. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, I keep saying that Keegan's their guy, right? Like, uh, he seems like the perfect fit for them, but at the same time, yeah, all your leverage if you're the Kings over the Pistons and Pacers is Ivy. So you can't tell people that, you know, oh yeah, we're going to take Murray at four because then why would Detroit give you anything, right? So, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It's a, it's a weird spot to be in. I do think the pace is being two spots below them helps them a lot, right? Like if we got the fourth pick or if we were five, like we're probably not even having this conversation, but in a four-player draft, I still think that they have enough leverage to get a good amount of assets back. Yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong to, and please, listeners, I'm not comparing Jaden Ivey's talent to Luka Doncic's talent. You you have to compare the Doncic Trey Young trade to the potential of this Ivy four six trade, right? You, you kind of have to because Luca didn't want to go to Atlanta back in in that at that point. He wanted to go to Dallas. Atlanta knew that. Uh, Dallas pulled a move for I think it was five and a unprotected first the following season for three. Um, the Pacers have more assets than Dallas had at that point in time. So you. If you're the Kings, you have to look at it as, well, if we want Keegan, Detroit aren't taking Keegan, probably. They they may, you never know. They are slated to take Keegan in the ESPN mock draft. Uh, it's Ivy at four, Keegan at five, and Benedict Matherin at, at six for the Pacers. Uh, but I just look at it and think, could you pick up some more assets, still get the player that you want, and you've you've got a guy that wants to play with your franchise because you've got a De'Aaron Fox who's under contract for, I think, four more seasons. You've got Domas Sabonis who's under contract for three more seasons and two guys that you, you can build around. You want to add a good young player to that core and have a core that is going to see you through for the next three or four seasons as you try and make a run at the playoffs. I mean... The, the number one thing that we've said, and not that we're as poorly run as the Kings have been, but Justin, we want players who want to play for the Pacers. We don't want to take a player who doesn't want the Pacers. 
And Ivy wants the paces. And that's probably the biggest part of this is not only is he a consensus top four talent in this draft, he wants to play for this team. Well, yeah, and it's funny, right? Because yeah, us three, we're from Australia, as everyone knows. And to be frank, we don't care if a player's from Indiana or a player's from Purdue. No. We actually have no care. We Couldn't don't care. care. Less. Like, I've been a fan for now 22 years and I've heard all my life about, oh, we need to get Mason uh, uh, Plumley and George Hill and Eric Gordon and Gordon Haywood and all these guys from Indiana, I would love to have on the team. I've always hated the ideas and I didn't like George when he was on the paces. And this is the first guy, hey, I want, he's explosive. I feel like he's going to be a superstar in the league one day. I'm not sure to put put it on record and say that. And he's come out and said he wants to play for Indiana. Like we said, um, KP, Kevin Pritchard, I'm sorry if you're listening because I, we have completely blown his timeline up with that, with that tweet. But I'm proud of it because people who think, you know, teams and f- don't care about what fans think that they actually do that yeah. the, the team would know what the fans want. And I'm not saying they're going to select and trade up just because the fans want Jaden Ivy. I'm not saying that at all, but they know a popular decision. They want to be well liked. Um, and yeah, I feel like we've let Pritchard know he would have, re- he follows us on Twitter. He would read the million mentions he got overnight. We want Ivy. That's what we want. And I feel like doomsday scenario, Adam, is if after the draft, you know what? They don't make a trade for fourth pick. They come out in the media after and say, oh, yeah, we got our guy at six. When, frankly, we all know that wasn't the guy we wanted. I am I know that you didn't want to say that they would pick a guy based off, you know, what the fans want. But I, I'm going to say it. They want to sell season tickets. And if they take Jaden Ivey, then they're going to pack out the field house next season. There's going to be a bunch of people that want to see Halliburton and Ivy. It's going to be a bunch of Purdue fans that buy season tickets. And this is all sort of marrying up to make sense. It's not like we'd be reaching for the guy at four or at six if he was available, which he won't be. It's not like it would be a difficult sell to the fan base. And it's also not like if it didn't work out that the fan base would say, oh, the Ivy pick, oh, I can't believe Ivy didn't work out. Everyone wants him. Every single fan wants us to take Ivy. Hey, Adam, what happened with Lance Stevenson for three years? We had yep. Pritchard on this very show, asked him, would you get Lance Stevenson back? Oh, maybe. We've got him back. First home game against Brooklyn. Like fans what gone happens? mental. It- yep. Fans actually do matter in the decisions of the team. Yep. And you only have to watch Jaden Ivey play basketball in college to look at that, the way that he carries himself as a premium scorer in the college game and say, at 18 years old, you're doing this. Now, at 21, at 25, at 27 years old, I mean, there's flashes of every all-star scoring guard that has passed through the league for the past 15, 20 years, Alex, in this kid. So, like, the the, the lid is off. I'm ready to to buy my Jaden Ivey jersey. I'm I'm ready to go. Get on nbastore.com.au the day after the draft, and I will buy a Jaden Ivey jersey, I swear. But, like, this, this kid appears to be can't miss, and this franchise is begging for a star. Are you going to be like that uh, Boston Celtics fan who got the 2022 championship flag? 
on tattooed on his arm. Uh, about, I'll, like, I'll tell you what, before. if Jaden Ivey wins a title for the Pacers, I'm getting a Jaden Ivey <laughs> tattoo. That's what I'm. That's what I'm committing to on this podcast right now. And Justin, oh. I think you'll be behind me in line. <laughs> I was just going to ask if they'll maybe do a 50% discount if you trade in your Goga jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might I might float that to Pacers team store. Hey, guys, I bought a Goga jersey three years ago. Can I trade it in for an Ivy, please? I mean, I mean he's, he's another player, right, Who who's on the trading block. I feel like he'll be packaged up and gone. And um, I was shocked to see the Christian Wood trade, guys, because I was like, oh, what, a trade already? That's nuts. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? The Pacers could move up in the draft. I really hope... The morning of the draft, we know the Pacers have got the fourth pick. Um, but that's who knows? that's what it is, though. It's it's six and Goga for four. That's the deal, I think. That's <laughs> oh, on any Pacers on on Pacers. the table right now. But Alex, getting back to my question about Jay Ivey, he's can't miss prospect, right? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of people have been overthinking him. Maybe it was the you know he struggled in that game against St Mary's. A lot of people put too much stock into that. Um, also, I think there's a misconception about him being like an off-ball or on-the-ball guy. He didn't play point guard at Purdue. Like, if you watch their games, he played a lot six-man. Uh, he played off Hunter, who was their point guard. Like, most of the stuff they ran for him was off the ball. So, mm. I don't think there should be any questions about, you know, whether him and Halliburton can work. And, I mean, we saw it like, you know, this new system, Rick Carlisle wants to push, right? And Halliburton, when he gets the rebound, when he gets the ball, he's running. So if you run with him, he'll get you a bucket. So, yeah, there should be no questions over fit. There should be no questions over, you know, should the Pacers take this guy or that guy? Like, uh, Ivy is their man. And for me, like, again, as I said at the start of the show, I mean, I, I don't care if you have to overpay to get it done. Like, you do that trade every day of the week if you can get the fourth pick. Everything except Tyrese Halberton. Tyrese, yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I mean, if you have to trade the Cavs pick and pick 31 and a player to get up to four. I'm not going to be mad. I'm, I'm not going to be mad. I think the only, the only thing that would give me pause is if we're talking pick swaps and if we're talking future firsts and, and that sort of stuff, I think that would like next year's first, I think would be very like, no, but it has to be a swap because you can't trade two firsts in a row. So oh, it'd, yeah, true. it'd have to be have to be a pick swap. So if we start talking about that, particularly going with, with a backcourt where both players are under 22 and potentially an entire, you know, wing rotation with Duarte in there where, you know, no player has more than three years of NBA experience, then you don't want to be giving up next year's lottery pick, particularly with that, huge French guy that is apparently the second coming <laughs> of some sort of like religious deity where he can block shots <laughs> to the moon and hit threes from the car park. And yeah, we, it's the real life Bo Cruz. You, you, want, you want a lottery <laughs> pick. You want a lottery pick because it, it is quite literally a lottery next year for like the next great player in NBA history. So you can't well, afford to give up that lottery guys, ticket. Actually, that, that was my next question is, I feel like the, this has been one of the debates with Pacers fans is, are we going to be in the top 10 again next season? Do no. you think the Pacers franchise is really? No. You think I, gonna... I, I, honestly, I honestly don't think that we will have as bad of a record next season as we have this season because I don't think... Own, I don't think ownership look at, look at this as a rebuild. I, I think they look at it as a, a reset. I think they've said that fairly consistently. Justin, I'm keen on your view because I just don't think this franchise is going to stand for another 30 win season. They're going to be 500 next year, if anything. 
I agree with you somewhat. I feel like if the you know, gambling people put odds up on Pacers' total wins for the year, I'll be backing the over because I feel like they're going to be real low on them just expecting what they did last season. But yeah. ask me draft day because I'm gonna you're going to see the direction they're going to go. How, how hard did they push for someone? If they get Ivy... Um, sign a decent free agent. Like, I mean, I'm not even big on Aiton, right? I actually don't want Aiton. But you imagine if you you draft Ivy and you get DeAndre Aiton, like we got a bloody good starting lineup again for the future. Okay, um, that's we've got, to, good... we've got to talk about Aiton before we go because we've only got a couple of minutes left in the show. But there's talk of Miles Turner, DeAndre Aiton, some sort of package centered around that in terms of a sign and trade. Alex, am I crazy for thinking that Miles would not be anywhere near enough to get that done? And if so, what else would we have to give up in that sort of a deal for a guy that's going to earn probably 28 to $30 million a year? I don't think the Pacers will give the Suns anything. I think if anything, they'll just throw the max at eight and then, you know, test Robert Sava, see if he's really that cheap. Um, and, and look, like, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what Aiden's price is. Like, he had some good games, had a really good postseason last year. But now his value is kind of a little bit lower. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think Miles straight up would be the best offer they can get without a doubt. Uh, so I have no idea what kind of offer. I mean, obviously, Duarte was rumoured a couple of weeks ago. Like, uh, I would be kind of hesitant. But, if again, if you think that Halliburton and Aiton is your, you know, pick and roll duo for the next five years, like, you know, I would be fine with it, even though it's a lot of money for a big man. Justin, do you want DeAndre Ayton? No, I don't. I feel like I've always said he needs to play with a Hall of Fame type of point guard to be really effective. And Chris Paul kind of spoon-fed him his whole career so far. And, you know, he's a decent player, but I definitely not for Max. If the I know Pacers find it really hard to get a Max type player in, in Indiana, but I don't want it to be DeAndre Ayton. And just quickly, Adam, maybe I'll throw back to you on this one. It, I'm really interested with this Miles Turner rumor going around. You know, he he might see out his contract, not re-sign an extension this year. I don't know. There's, I I think someone one of you two asked me percentage of Miles Turner staying on the paces a few weeks ago, and I said, oh, 100%. Like Sabonis is gone, Miles will be a pacer. In the last few days, I don't know. I've just got this feeling that Miles could be traded in the off season if he didn't sign an extension because paces aren't going to want to lose him for nothing. They might have the sit-down conversation and say, hey, if you're not going to extend, we don't want you. Um, and I can feel like the love towards Isaiah Jackson and the pairing with him and Halliburton, Adam, where the alley-oops, like they had such good chemistry together. I don't really know where Miles fits in yet. Am I speaking, you know? You're not speaking out of turn. I think the the Aiton conversation and the Turner conversation have to go hand in hand because you made a really good point. You said Aiton needs to play with a Hall, Hall of Fame point guard. If the Pacers end up throwing, selling the farm, throwing everything at DeAndre Ayton to try and get him on this team, that shows you in what high high regard they hold Tyrese Halliburton because he averaged, you know, 20 and 10 just about for the Pacers in the time that he was on the team. If you get a scoring guard in Ivy, if you get a, a center presence in Ayton that you know, rebounds obviously way better than Miles. He's nowhere near the shot blocker, but scores and rebounds at a better clip. Then that's showing everyone the degree to which the Pacers think Tyrese Halliburton can lead this team as their lead guard 
for the next five to 10 years at least. And, and that is a big vote of confidence in Tyrese Halliburton in my book. Um, but the only concern I have is that we've never seen Halliburton and Turner on the same court together. So what if they have great chemistry? What if they play really well together? Um, what if Miles is unleashed as a, a the only big man on the floor? But we've heard it all before. We've seen it all before. And he hasn't yet because even when Domas was injured, we didn't see the production that we potentially needed. So it remains to be seen. But that about wraps up the show. We will come to you straight after the draft. Uh, it is going to be a huge week in Pacers basketball. We are the Pacers, and we will speak to you again soon.